Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, brought to you on this Blue Wire Podcast Network by the folks at TickPick, who are still offering the fantastic $10 sign-up for your first purchase when you use the promo code BREAKDOWN. TickPick, the original no-fee site. The site offers you a ticket price that you pay. What you see is the advertising cost is what you pay at the end. It's fantastic for that purpose, guys. There's no false advertising, no hidden fees. And if you do find a cheaper ticket, they will match the difference in the price up to 110% if you find a cheaper place that has a ticket for a a, a cheaper cost. So take advantage of TickPick.com, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash breakdown. Get that $10 off using the promo code breakdown. Now, we're going to talk about the Browns and, uh, you know, the Cardinals, (laughs) whatever whatever it was, we have to spend some time on it. Listen, I don't want to spend much time on it. It's not... It's, I don't know. It was gross on all accounts. 37-14 final in this game. I I think the best thing to do is, with the immediate reaction, is throw up exactly my thoughts as they unfolded on Twitch. Because we get good questions. I can give you sort of where my mind is. And I think it's fair to do it that way. It's just me and Stephen Thomas until the end. When Fred comes on, I'd be recording the same podcast with Stephen Thomas with the same thoughts if I didn't, and, uh, you know, if I recorded it separate, I should say, so it's really the same. I want to get those over to you. There should be little, uh, there should be little, uh, interruptions. I don't think anything like that. This just our thoughts unfiltered after the game. We watched the same game you did. I have not come back and watched it. As you know, of, as listeners of this podcast, I go back and watch the all 22. I get it at 6 AM tomorrow. I watch it. I consume it. I have comprehensive breakdowns on both sides of the ball. I'll get those to you. It's a short week. We got to talk about the Broncos at some point too. probably do that Wednesday. You might even have to come back to this game to sort of revisit everything. I don't know. It's going to be a compact week. The Browns are with their backs against the wall. We're going to talk a good bit about that in, in this episode. And uh, yeah, I think there's good stuff here as far as labeling how we felt after the game. So again, this is what you can find on Twitch after games. We do a pregame show and a postgame show. If you ever want to join us, it's the OBR's Twitch channel. So I'm going to get you over to that live show. It's about an hour and 20. You can skip through it. You can do whatever you like. But if you want to know my initial thoughts, this is the place to find them. So let's jump over to that uh, postgame show right now. Welcome into the OBR Twitch, guys, everybody. It's the postgame. Uh, win or lose, we are here for you on game day. We're here. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the first part of Festivus here is what I'm imagining this next uh, hour to be, just the airing of the grievances. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, I, we're going to break it down. We are. We're going to we're going to look at pieces. Jake's going to spend the next three days doing what he does with the film. I will try to analyze I don't want it to. As, as much as I can. But in reality, I mean, I honestly, what can I mean? There's nothing to say. They they literally and I pardon my language. It was just an ass kicking up and down the field on both sides of the ball all day long. There's really not much to say. Um, I I mean I don't know how you feel, Jake, but I mean except for a brief period from that hail mary right up until the play where Baker got hurt, 
that was the only time I felt any hope. The whole rest of the game, it was just, I mean, 37 to 14, I made this joke on Twitter. I, you know, they always say, oh, it wasn't as close as the score indicated. I think that applies here. It, it was much worse than 37 to 14 in my eyes. What did you think? It was absolutely terrible. They arrived unprepared to play. You know, it started for me, Steve. <laughs> I know James Hudson shouldn't see the field this year. It's pretty clear. Right. I mean, there are fourth-round rookies across the NFL who see the field. Not all of them are created equal. But it starts on the first play. They run a, a swing to Felton or whatever. Right. And, the, and the line judge comes up to Felton. I'm looking at you in the eye. I'm trying to make sure my camera's right. He looks at him and goes, hey, you need to move up. He told him, you need to move up. He didn't move up. The next play they hit for 17 yards, He, I was like, because I was ticked, Steve. I'm like, okay, that's a ticky-tack call without warning somebody. And right. I went back, rewatched the first play. They showed the Browns huddle. There's the, there's the judge walking up to him and says, hey, man, you need to move up. And he didn't move up. So it's like that was to me like, to set clearly set the tone for the rest of the game. I don't know. I, you guys, you, they, they weren't ready to play from the beginning. There were some terrible calls, but the calls didn't make this game. And there's no. like, there's some statistics, Steve, that we're going to try to get to the bottom of over the coming days. I don't know if the Browns have had an opportunity to even get a defensive pass interference called for them. They never, put themselves in a position to get that. Like it just, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know if that's around the league, but I'm pretty sure they've only had one defensive pass interference called. And I would like to look at the rest of the NFL compared to the last two years and look at like the data for that happening for this offense. It just doesn't seem to be like they don't put themselves in throwing situations downfield where there's an opportunity for that to even happen. Well, it seems like all the time other teams are throwing those throws and there's like, okay, that happens. Like it just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it just seems like there are never are those penalties called because the balls are never thrown in that direction to give your guy a chance to go get them. So that bothers me. And I would love to see, Steve, how many times now the Browns have had a drive end in their in their side of the field without points because it has to be the most times in the NFL. has to be without kicking a field goal. Like how many times have they driven across the 50-yard line? Oh, yeah, a lot. And, and come up empty – and not, not again, not, and maybe you can even include the guys who have missed field goals because maybe that tells you even more about how bad it's been. I, I don't know, man. And we can go through it. We can pick it apart. I'll talk about the stats here in a second. Uh, but, but I'm just frustrated. They were embarrassed. They were embarrassed in front of their home fans. It should have been 36 to seven as a Hail Mary freak play happens. It was a complete, as, as dominated as I have felt the Cleveland Browns have been dominated since 2019 week one. That's about how I felt. It's about the most similar outcome. And that's what I said, uh, or what I thought uh, about, I don't know, midway through the second quarter. I said, I since Kevin Stefanski took over, there have been things that you could pick on. There have been series and plays here, and maybe things didn't go their way, or, or they didn't execute or whatever. I, this is I've never seen them look unprepared. Yep. Today, they looked disorganized. They looked disjointed. They looked completely unprepared. Now, we should preface all of this, and you know we're seven minutes in or whatever, so preface probably isn't the right word. Stipulate, yes, both starting tackles. Uh, number one running back, Baker's hurting. Odell went out for a time. Uh, God, I hope it's not the Achilles, as the rumors is for Kareem Hunt. Yes, there were a lot of injuries and things working against them. They were not at full strength. I get that, and I absolutely worked that into the, my thought process. But in the past, even when they've had injuries 
And even when they've had backups in there, even if the backup himself hasn't looked good, the rest of the team looked prepared to pick up the slack for that guy. And it just didn't look like they were doing that today. Um, now, uh, I, I'm sure you're going to get into it. There were some times where Odell and some other people were open and Baker didn't pull the trigger. Uh, there was, the, I mean, the throw, the interception on the overthrow to Higgins was just a misfire. I, you know, I mean, that happens. That one, I'm not, I don't like it, but I'm not, I'm less upset about that since than misreads and not throwing the ball. Uh, you know, mistakes happen, that kind of thing. I don't really, I don't really uh, worry about, but it was, it's the miscommunication. It's the, like you said, the ticky tack penalty on the first uh, series. It's, it looked like on the last one to Hopkins, even though that that touchdown ended up not really meaning anything, another just horrific communication, blown uh, communication back there. So I don't know. I, you know, I mean, obviously 90% of the people out there are screaming fire Joe Woods. Maybe he ends up paying for this with his job, but I don't know if it's, if the players just aren't meshing, I don't know what's going on because Frankly, on defense, I'm just going to say it. There is far too much talent on all three levels of the defense for this many blown plays, bad plays, and everything else to, to be happening this frequently. Uh, it, it, there's just too much talent out there. I've, I've People that say, oh, I thought you said the talent was upgraded. It was. It's clearly upgraded. But there's something going wrong. And today, you know, I mean, you throw on top of it the snowball effect that once it got going, it, it just looked unstoppable. But I, I, there's really not a lot to say. Again, I mean, it was just a thorough domination by a team that should not have, may have beaten them, but should not have dominated them the way they got dominated at, in their home yard today. Well said. I, I don't, uh, and I talk all the time, Steve, I think about this being a motivation business, right? And like, this is pretty similar to what happened with Pittsburgh last year, where they clearly thought that they could show up and win. I think there were some elements of Cleveland in this game where they thought because the coach is out, because some other things are going on, it's just going to work out in our favor. I thought there was some of that. I think it, it is. They they hear the same things we hear, Steve. They see the same things we see. They think that this game is going to be a show-up win just because the, some of the parts of the of, of the opposing team were missing. And I just didn't think that they looked mentally prepared from the very beginning. I just didn't feel like they were mentally paired, prepared. Uh, whether you want to blame that on the players or you want to blame that on the coaches is probably the perspective of you as viewing the players and the coaches, right? If you don't like Joe Woods, you're going to blame Joe Woods. If you don't like Stefanski, you're going to blame Stefanski. If you don't like Baker Mayfield, you're going to blame Baker Mayfield. Like, I don't know. It's whatever you want to blame it on, though. And this week, you're not wrong. Nobody's wrong. So they were all wildly ill-prepared for the game. They played poorly. There was only one person on the field who stood out to me from the first watch as over-performing over, uh, their expected you know output and that's donovan people's jones who again i really like and think he's a great football player and i think he's going to be a nice piece of the browns wide receiver room for the foreseeable future but like i don't have anything good to say about many people and 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 and, and this is again the three and three seasons far from over they could be seven and three in a few weeks and we, we laugh at this but like it's rough right now, and there are teams, but there are teams who are missing offensive tackles, and there are teams who are playing without important parts of their roster, and they figure it out, and there's too much talent here to not figure it out. If you can't play quarters, don't lead the NFL in quarters coverage, Steve. If you can't do certain things offensively, stop trying to do them. Like, I just, if you can't convert a fourth down, eventually you have to say, what's wrong? Like, what's going on that we're not doing right? And like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe your season's made or made or broke on the wrong, you know, it, it's made, it's made or broken on those types of plays, but 
something has to happen from somewhere to to sort of change the tide of what feels like a, the tide is growing in, right, Steve? Like it, you can feel it kind of like swarming these guys, and somebody's got to. St- there's got to be some sort of leadership thing that is going to click, and I don't know where it comes from, but like the sacks on fourth down. <laughs> Let's just go through stats. I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk through this. Well, and um, yeah, before we do that, let me just throw on to that. You said that, you know, it feels like the momentum is crashing in on them. That's the other thing that you got to worry about because that's very real. These guys are going to – they they have the same, if not bigger, expectations for themselves than we do. They know what they're capable of inside that locker room. And every week that it doesn't happen, the pressure grows and they feel it. And when the pressure gets to be like that, now – you start not trusting your eyes. You start hesitating for an eighth of a second, which is all it takes in the NFL. Instead of just going balls to the wall, you're you're not, and that's then it then it gets worse, and it snowballs, and it snowballs, and it snowballs. So uh, Thursday's massive. I'm not going to say you know must win or anything like that because there's ten more games after Thursday. But man, if they don't figure something out and at least look better you know, uh, than they did today on Thursday, there's going to be some serious problems. Um, it's, it's, it's become a game. You can't say critical. You can't say must win this early in the season, but it's in that world. It's on that side of the ledger. This Thursday is show is shaping up as a massively important uh, game for this team mentally and emotionally as they set up for the last two and a half months of the season. Yeah, let's talk stats. First down, you're right, Steve. That's a spot-on assumption. They got a home game Thursday, and I'm telling you, if they go out and play the same way they played today in front of the same fans in a short window, four days, Steve, Mm -hmm. between some fans showing up and going again, and if they plop that back out on the field, it's going to get nasty. It's going to get downright nasty there. So first downs, Arizona 24, Cleveland 16. Tell of the tale today, folks. Arizona 8 of 15 on third downs, Cleveland 3 of 10. It feels like the season in a nutshell, Steve. They're giving up third and longs at a ridiculous pace. Ridiculous. Incapable of getting a third down and eight or more first down. Just can't do it. Can't do it. And that, that's like, that'll tell you many, many succeeds, successful or non successful seasons, whether you, you convert on your third downs, whether you get teams off the field on your third down. And we Which, were adamant, Steve, about the improvement in personnel resulting in a change in that. And the defense got by. Now they played two stellar games. Cool, great. But like the defense got by last year being this poor because they were getting turnovers. And again, turnover luck this year, man. So they're running into more issues. So and, go and ahead. The, the third down thing, it doesn't make any sense because even the early, you know, when they converted, I think they started out like six out of six or something like that. Even on those where they're converting all those, and it's so damn frustrating, they were the defensive line was doing their job. They were getting the pressure. You said Donovan Peoples-Jones was impressive today. The only other person, well, two that I picked, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt gave everything he had to give and more. Uh, and then I thought Jadevian Clowney was consistently disruptive. I thought he showed the importance that he has on, on that defensive line. If Clowney would have played last week, that would have been a W. But anyway, um, the, those early – you go and you look at those early third downs that they were converting – Miles is in the backfield. Jadevian's in the backfield. The interior pressure is there. I, it, it makes. I texted you, and I'm just going to tell everybody exactly what I texted them. It makes zero sense. It makes no logical sense that a team with this much pass rush 
and they're getting there. They're pressuring like crazy on third and, like you said, eight plus. I'd rather see third and six rather than third and 14. It, it, it's bizarre how the, the greater the distance goes, the worse they are uh, at, uh, at converting it and at stopping it on third down. And apparently I'm, I'm alone now. Um, we, uh, <laughs> apparently I pissed Jake off so bad. He's like, no, you're wrong. Genevieve and Clowney sucks. I'm out of here. I have an um, Apple mouse and like my pinky <laughs> swiped across the mouse, which means it goes back. That was weird. I'm like, how the hell did I just leave this, this stream? But um, my, my right. point is that I was finishing when you left is that on those early third downs, even though they were giving up the conversions, the defensive line was in his face. Yeah. I, they were doing what they were supposed to do. And they upgraded the, the secondaries on paper anyway, and in speed and in measurables and everything else is light years better than last year's secondary. And it's just, I, I, I can't explain it. I absolutely cannot explain what's going on on third and long for this defense because it, it defies logic. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So I have to make a statement again. Daryl, Daryl uh, K, I think is how that's probably said. Daryl, this is not against you personally, but we have to stop saying the book on Stefanski is out. There are open people. And I don't know. Listen, if you want to say the coaching staff is not getting the quarterback's eyes to the right spot, fine. Cool. But there are open people out there. I'm watching it. They're open. The first, the, the the third down on the very first uh, possession, the Browns got into the red zone. It was seven nothing. They're marching back the opposite way. There's a slant. Why is our quarterback not looking right? I don't understand it. It's fourth down. They bring three interior blitzers, and you have a drag route right in front of your quarterback's face, and he won't throw it, and he eats a sack. So. Uh, listen, man, I, I I think we need to start being a little bit realistic about Baker. I know, I know, I know you guys love him. I love him too. I was a huge proponent of Baker Mayfield. So if Baker sinks, my opinion on quarterback play sinks as well. But they don't pay me to, to puff it up. And he's playing like dog shit. And I'm just telling you, he is. 
So you can blame it on the tackles. Cool. Fine. There's some examples of that. But the guy's not playing well, and he has to play better. If you want him to be the guy that we're seeing others in the division be or others in the conference be, he has to play better. You can't say we lost Nick Chubb. The game is over. What? If 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 Baltimore loses J.K. Dobbins, was their season over? If if the Bills lose Devin Singletary, is their season over? Stop giving him a free pass. He's got to be better. He fumbled twice, just floating out of the pocket today. He threw an interception that was a mile high and right. Listen, I want Baker to be better, and when he's good, like last year, Steve, I wrote thirty-seven great stories about him. I'll pump the dude up whenever I can, but he's playing terrible. He's playing terrible. He was terrible last week. He got benefit of the doubt on a couple plays where guys broke tackles and he had 200 yak yards on 300. I've been talking about how since week one halftime, he's just struggled. And I don't know. You Listen, you can come up with whatever excuse you want. The shoulder, this, that. Like, okay, Steve, you text me during the game. How many times has he looked like he wants to throw it deep and he won't throw it? You can't tell me he can't throw it deep, Steve. He threw it 66 yards in the air to the end zone. He can throw it. So what's the issue? He's not seeing it. He's become, since 2018, guys, I'm going to date this back with you. Since 2018, Baker Mayfield was rookie year. Here's why I was crazy about him, Steve. And you too, you were talking about the gunslinger stuff. Mm -hmm. Out of structure plays, out of rhythm, a quarterback drops back to the top of his drop, whether it's three, five, seven, boot, whatever, a quarterback gets it in rhythm. If he throws it at the top of his drop, that's in rhythm. First read, throw out, boom, in rhythm. If that doesn't happen, that's called out of rhythm. A quarterback, either his read is covered. He has to work up in the pocket. He has to work out of the pocket, whatever. He had 12 big-time throws in 2018 alone out of rhythm. I was like, that's the dude, right? The in-rhythm stuff will happen for him. I have no doubt about it. He'll keep getting more comfortable. He'll keep getting better. It'll happen, and it did. It eventually happened last year. But Mm -hmm. he is since 2018 when he made 12 big-time throws out of rhythm. He has five since then in 2019 on. That's all. He has five in two and a half years. So what's gone on? He's lost any. If a play is not there, no play gets made. If the play is not schemed up perfectly, no play gets made. And I don't know what happened between Baker. We saw in 2018, who was an out-of-the-pocket savant, the throw against the Panthers, left corner of the end zone, the rollout right throw against the, the Falcons to the right corner of the end zone to, to, to Rashard Higgins. So he, he it's gone. It's gone. And if he and if it is not clear as day to him, he won't pull the trigger. He's become hesitant. He's become a quarterback who will only throw it if he sees that his guy is open. So I, I don't know. He came into the year, Steve, with the weight of the world on his shoulders to figure it out. You want to make 40 million, you want to be the Josh Allen, you want to be the 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 Lamar Jackson, the Holmes of the world, go prove it. Steve, I love you, man, and I love him. He's not proving it. He's done, he's he's really he's literally regressed. And to the point now where I have zero faith that if the Browns are not in like third and fourth, and even third, I don't anything laid down. Look at the statistics between his first and second down conversion numbers and his third and fourth. It is falling at the feet of the quarterback. So I don't know what happened. I don't know how this has come to be for him. I don't have the definitive answer, but I just know it's, it's, he's chaotic. He's extremely chaotic with his lower half when he feels any pressure and he is in, in, incapable right now of throwing guys open or making plays out of structure. And that's why it's got to be so frustrating. I don't think you understand the frustration level for an offensive coordinator. When you have guys open a guy calling plays, when you have guys open several plays a game and your quarterback can't find them, it is 
absolutely frustrating. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I want him to be better the second he starts playing better. Yes. Should the staff have the answer? Maybe. But again, there's only so much you can do. You can only lead a horse right. to water. He's got to drink it. He's got to drink the water. And if he doesn't, they need to start looking at some other ulterior um, so, sorry, some other uh, outside options here because I don't know what else to do. You're, you're you're probably stuck with Baker, which fine. Maybe he turns it around. Maybe he has this week seven resurgence. Week seven's coming up this week, right, Steve? Maybe he's better week seven through week 17 the rest of the year. And if he is, we'll tell you he's better. But right now it is as bad or worse than last year. And last year was at least justifiable, Steve, because you had a new coach, a new everything, a blah, blah, blah. It was a justifiable thing. Right now, this slow start, which would be his third straight season with the slow start, I got no answer. And until the quarterback is better, your ceiling is it's here. You can't get to here if you're you can't. You just can't. So I don't know. That's my stuff on quarterback. That's kind of where I'll leave it. No, I, I and I agree with you. And I've left this question up there for a long time because it dovetails into the follow up that I wanted to ask you in that um, people will say things like, oh, if he's not seeing it, then scheme him up some easy throws. They say that. That sort of thing. Make get him guys, you know, on his first read that are schemed open. Get you know, make it easier for him. Well, a they have done that to the best of yeah. his their ability. I've seen guys open. What it, I got to tell you, I love your breakdowns and I love my friendship with you. I've learned so much and my knowledge of the game, but it actually makes it more frustrating to watch because now I see way more than I did I, before. Yeah. I could just go, oh well, he just missed a guy. Now I understand what's going on and it drives me nuts. But anyway. Uh, the play action here, those bootlegs, those rollouts that he saw that he just ate up defenses on last year, those are the easy schemed throws. Now, I'm asking you, I don't, this is not a leading question. I'm asking you because as much as we say next man up and all that other stuff, you're starting two tackles is a, is a big hurdle to overcome. Is the play action, those boots, those rollouts off the outside zone there? Do you think, because I don't remember much of that today, if any. Is how deeply connected to Conklin and Wills being out do you think that was today and could be in the future if they continue to be out? That's a way to alleviate those guys, Steve, and they're doing it, but every time it feels like he gets outside the pocket on those, he's just like running for two yards. There's no throw being made. There's no throw, and I don't know why he won't throw it. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I could I could try to go back and find one that's in the system here. They're, the, the very first one they ran against – Minnesota they they had a shot downfield a one-on-one throw and he just wouldn't throw it and he just like it's a it's a a player's running behind the quarterback is is pretty dang like he's running a what's called a a, a corner route he's pressing in and out and Bo Baker's booting this direction and the cornerback is trailing people's Jones and he just won't throw it like give him a chance to go downfield and catch yeah. it I like he won't throw those throws right now it's almost like to me he feels like a quarterback who's trying to guard turnovers. He's yeah. literally trying to guard against turning the ball over all the time. And because of it, he won't throw it. He was, well, that's why I, I cannot imagine Steve. He was over 11 in the last two games on, on throws over 20 yards downfield. I don't imagine this got any better in this game. I really don't. I don't Which know. Which is out of character for his first three years in the league. He was deadly on throws, throws down the field. So, and that, and that's why I texted you. I mean, it happened a lot today, but to be honest, it's been happening all season. I, and you guys have seen it too. How many times does he look like he's just getting ready to break those hands and load up to fire it 25 yards downfield? And then he doesn't. And he won't. Yep. He just doesn't. At he some point, 
At some point, you as a quarterback have to say to yourself, you know what? I've got 13 out there. I've got 11 who has proved himself to be capable. When Jarvis comes back, he's he's proved himself to be extremely capable in contested catch situations. We're paying Odell Beckham, you know, $11 jillion a year or whatever it is on the cap. I'm going to throw it up and, yeah. and, and see if 13 can make a play, you know? And, and those are the situations, going back to the question you asked, I don't know, 20 minutes ago or whenever it was, where you get those pass interference calls because 13 is savvy enough to know, okay, I'm not going to catch this one. What I need to do is kind of drag this guy into my body here. That's how those kind of things happen. That's the situation where those kind of things happen. But at minimum, you can then hold your head up and say, well, you know what? I gave our guys a chance. You know, I'm not just. Even if he's being coached, even if he's being coached to be less gunslinger or less turnover, it does. There's no balance. If Baker's option is I, I have 2019 Baker who throws 19 to 20 interceptions, or I have this Baker who won't throw the ball downfield and is hesitant, then if there's no middle ground to that, knowing the right time to rip those shots, give his guys a chance, but also not be careless with the ball, then he's not going to make it in the league, Steve. He's another Mitchell Trubisky. That's what it turns into. So yeah. And that, I gotta be, I, I, and I got, and I gotta say, this is this would end up being a big L for. I mean, you know, I'm not the only one, but a big L for me because I said in the preseason, you remember, I said he's going to have a huge year. He's going to take that next step. He's going to be capital V, capital guy. And to this point, you know, except for brief stretches here and there, he just hasn't been. He and I and we're, we're all. I think what's I think more than being angry, really, it comes out in anger, but everyone's just frustrated because, like I said earlier with the defense, the logic just isn't there. Like, there's no reason for it. You can't sit and figure it out. There's nothing that you can you can, you can can break down some quarterbacks and go, okay, well, here's why this guy's not doing A, B, and C, because he's not, he's not capable of A, he's not, he's not capable of B, and C hasn't presented itself. None of that, at least to my eyes, and you're the film guy, would appear to be the case with Baker. Unless that shoulder is way worse than they're letting on, and if that's the case, he should not be in the game. Okay, so I I, I, I think more than anything, it's the frustration because we don't understand why. There's so much talent on this team. They should not be putting up games like they put up today and like the offense put up in Minnesota and the defense bailed them out. It just shouldn't happen. It should not happen with this much talent on the field. Yeah, and when you switch over to the other side of the ball, I think there have to start being some tough discussions about Ronnie Harrison. I just don't know that he can play deep half safety. He is. He gave up a quarter's touchdown there late in the game. I consistently feel like he does not have a great feel for where he needs to be. There were, again, Steve, several coverage busts where it felt like yep. somebody was just running. I'm telling you, you're going to probably ask, like, why does it feel like other teams have uh, guys wide open? And we don't. They're not doing anything special. They're really not. They're not coming up with these amazing schemes. Like the touchdown to to uh, Christian Kirk, the first touchdown on like third and 19, it's quarters, Steve. Yep. It's quarters. And Denzel was like trying to half halfway a corner, a corner route and a hitch, a smash concept. He's like worried about the hitch at six yards when he's got a corner route over his head and everyone's blaming Hill, but that's not his quarter. That's not his quarter of the field. That's Denzel's who's up there worried about a hitch route at six yards. Like what? 
Yeah, and I think uh, as as much as we all can see the uncomfortable conversation about Baker's contract coming up, I think the conversation about Denzel's contract is going to be even more uncomfortable because he's an Ohio guy. I, it's going to be. I don't know. He's just not. He's good. He's a good corner, Steve. He's not elite. So what money does he want? What money does he want? He's good. Again, I'm happy he's here. He's I like really him, good. But but he's not elite. He's not anywhere near it. He just doesn't consistently do the right things. He doesn't. And that to me is another tough com contract conversation because Lord knows where the injury stuff is always tracked there too. So I don't know, man, it, this is one game. Um, you try to not, you, you try to not let it be more than one game, but when you sit here and you talk about some of the recurring theme things here, it gets really frustrating, right? It gets really frustrating. He's, but but here's all I know. I, somebody's going to have to start paying for the defensive mishaps. Now, that could be a player losing their job. That could be a coach losing their uh, their job or opportunity to do things. Something's got to shake out because, again, <laughs> it's hard, Steve. Coaches shouldn't be blamed. Coaches shouldn't be blamed for everything. But ultimately, as a coach, it is your job to get the, the preparation and the teaching through to your players. So if your players are consistently doing it wrong, it does become a reflection of you as a coach. Mm -hmm. So you can blame Ronnie for things here and there, but somebody's putting Ronnie in that position. And so clearly Ronnie isn't prepared. Or Denzel, for example, on that corner route, isn't prepared. So I, I like Joe Woods. I like some of the principles he has. But on the same token that the players are getting blamed for busted coverages, the coach has to get blamed too because that's how it goes. You have to take responsibility. If your players aren't ready to play and do the right things, who does that fall on? It has to fall on somebody. The and buck it comes has back to, to stop Stefan somewhere, yeah. It, it comes back to Stefanski with Baker too. So I'll say that. Maybe Kevin doesn't hold Baker accountable as accountable as he should. Be. I don't know. I don't know, but again, I, again, somebody made the point earlier, and I kind of stood up for Kevin, but I should probably take a step back, which is to say, if Baker can't do it, you can't call it for him anymore. And if that means you can't call enough things, Steve, you're going to have to ask tough questions, which is what I'm asking. What I said earlier, there are some tough questions beginning to plop in our lap because again, I agree with the you. offense struggled. The offense struggled last year through the first six weeks but I thought it was blatantly obvious why they struggled. So many moving things going on last year. Right. What What's the deal, man? What's the deal this year? They cannot, they can't afford to come into game. Oh, Baker will get it figured out by week seven or week eight. Oh, well, okay. Well, then they're going to start three and four every year. So I don't know. I, it's just some uncomfortable questions landing at the feet of everybody. And, and, uh, um, I, I, there's some people that need to hold accountability here. And I'm sure everybody will say the right thing in the presser, Steve, that, you know, I, I'm the blame, blame me more, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's cool. That's cool. But it's a production business, man. And they got to be better. They got to be better. They got to figure out how to be better. And, 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And that we have to have that conversation. I mean, obviously you have to look at everything when you put out a, a, a stinker like today. And it, like I said, it was top to bottom. There was very few, bright spots today. It was a stinker uh, all over the field at, at just about every level of the organization. But going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the Baker stuff, uh, and I could be wrong ultimately, but my my feeling is ultimately it will not come down on Kevin because as you have pointed out over and over and over and over, there are guys running open all 
over the field. So at, at a certain point you go, yeah, you know what? The buck stops at the top. That's, that's the old saying, the buck stops here. I get it. And he will, like you said, he'll do that. He's a leader. He will stand out there. Kevin takes the blame when things go wrong and passes on the praise to the players when things go right. But we have eyes, man. We, we have eyes. We can see Odell running naked on third down and fourth down. We can see DPJ with a step. We, we can see it. We can see that ball five yards over Hollywood's head. Uh, you know, I, it, and again, I, I don't want to piss off the, the, you know, the Baker fans because you and I are both fans of his still. I think that guy is still in there. I think he can be so, so, so much better than he has shown so far this year. I think it's there because every so often you see a player or two where he just rips it like he used to. And you go, there's the guy. Yeah. Let that guy out. I, I just don't know why we're not seeing him more often and if it can come back because at a certain point, like I said before, you're the pressure mentally and emotionally just gets to you and the odds that you can reach those heights yet again. Here's the play I'm talking about. Get lower and lower and lower. Here's where I don't understand. Like this throw right here on the run. I know this guy's inside. Loft it up. Give your guy a chance. You're going to get a flag thrown. Like that's the stuff I'm talking about. Give your guy a shot. When you're coming out here, the pressure doesn't mount yet. Throw it. I I just don't know. I don't. It's just a, one of s- several examples I've had. I, I I don't know, man. There's like, there. I think that he hears well. The completion percentage isn't good enough, and and you got to throw for more touchdowns, less interceptions, and some of that stuff is like, it rattles around in his brain. And I just think the pressure is mounting, and in like, I don't know. I thought he apparently hurt his shoulder, but then all of a sudden he was right back in again. I, I have no more. I'm going to spend way too much time talking about quarterback the next few days. Let's let's try to talk about some other people. Other stats from the game, Steve. Kareem Hunt goes for 14 for 66. Oh, by the way, I just saw a tweet. Speaking of Kareem Hunt, Kevin said it was not an Achilles. It was a calf. So that's at least a little – if that turns out to be true, that at least uh, is a little silver lining there. Uh, somebody tweeted it. I can't remember who it was, but I just saw it. Uh, we were afraid that uh, Kareem was an Achilles and that would be done for the year and, you know, potentially even longer than that. But it, it, Kevin said it was a calf. So, you know, tiny little silver lining there for that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, hopefully he has a, a – calf strains can get really ugly, but it's never as ugly as an Achilles tear. And hopefully he can find the field again this year uh, at some point. Uh, other stats that we probably haven't mentioned, the Cardinals run 14 more plays on offense. Uh, they run for 144 yards. Steve, I couldn't tell you the last time. It feels like it's been forever since the Browns were gashed that badly in run game. Uh, again, that's a part of the Cardinals plan. They spread you out and, and run into light boxes, which is what happened from the very beginning of the game. Caught the Browns with nobody in the middle of the field at the second level. Had a nice little bend back course on inside zone. It breaks for 30 yards. That's a microcosm of the day. So that's, uh, you know. Yeah, and, and, and something I saw noticed in uh, in real time in, in the running game that we've talked about all year and most of, and some of last year too, but uh, early this year for sure, is that that old bugaboo of the first guy not bringing him down and initial contact being seven yards from the actual uh, end of the play that was all day today. And they haven't done that this year. The first guy has slowed him up. Maybe he gets another yard or two falling forward, but they rally to the ball. And 
I mean, James Conner was pushing three, four, five guys, five yards downfield. He was falling forward every play like he was Kareem Hunt. It was extremely frustrating to watch. Go Keep going with the stats. I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but you say oh, things dude. and it pops into my head and I'm just... That's the point. I, th We're this is frazzled, my therapy, man. everybody. This yeah. is my therapy. I, I, I talk out loud when I'm angry, so... James Conner goes 16 for 71. Chase Edmonds, 4 for 46. Kyler goes 20 of 32, 29, four touchdowns. Fumbled 72 times and landed on each of them. A.J. Green, 5 for 79. Christian Kirk, 5 for 75. Both of them scored touchdown. Hopkins, 3 for 55, two touchdowns. I didn't think the Cardinals were world beaters on offense. I thought they got some nice timely penalties. Really one of the worst two terrible – how can it be pass interference – if the guy has intercepted the football when the interference happens, weird. And then the and then the late roughing the passer call was quite bizarre as well. Where the, the not that it mattered, it didn't matter in the game. The game was already settled at that point. But when a lineman pushes him into the quarterback, and he didn't even fall, like it's the weirdest thing. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, Rondell Moore has three catches, sixteen yards on defense for the Cardinals. Six tackles was the leading number by several guys, Isaiah Simmons, Byron Murphy, Jordan Hicks, and then uh, Thompson. I don't know Thompson's first name. Maybe Justin. I'll make it up on the fly. Who cares? Who cares? Thompson. Jay Thompson. <laughs> um, Brown's running game, again, Kareem 14 for 66. Baker 19 of 28, 234. If you take out a 57-yard Hail Mary, which pretty fluky, uh, you get 18 of 28 for 170 yards or something. 160 something i don't know whatever yeah, can um, we switch that hail mary with uh the one from the end of the game last week is there a way to do that nice. that'd be nice uh-huh wish uh people's jones four catches on five targets 101 odell five on eight for 79 felton two catches for 14 yards cream hunt three for 12 here's a tight end room on the day steve you ready mm. one catch for four yards the hooper and there's no there's no Titans explanation the for it. There's no explanation one, for one it. catch on four targets. So I there's um, no explanation. And Najoku with a with horrible the drop. drop yeah, Hooper with a almost early. turned into an interception. So yep. I thought Odell did a really nice job. I almost picked him for one of my three stars of the game because right up until the four, except for the four town drop, that's what kept him kept me. That's from the worst him. thing, Steve. Is like you. you <laughs> we're trying to solve this whole thing and, right. and, it, and it clearly leans one direction. And then, and then like the drops on fourth down two weeks in a row. Yep. So he's not helping his cause either. So now uh, in his know. defense today, they did, uh, I can't remember who the defensive back was. He did, he did, a, nice did a nice job of getting poking yeah. the ball out there, but you got to, you want to make $18 million a year as a wide receiver in the NFL. That's a catch. You got to hold on to. So, but other than that, I thought he was open all day. Um, he made some nice moves, uh, you know, not a ton of yak, but he made yeah. uh, some nice moves in his, uh, with the ball in his hands after he caught it. He was, oh, he should have got the ball three or four more times. We all know this, um, you know, and, and again, you know, guys, you hear coaches and players and, and we say it here and you get tired of hearing it saying, oh, well, you know, uh, the game turned on three or four plays. Baker sees him on that early drive and they convert and go in and punch that in. It's a totally different ball game and mentally, emotionally and physically. Uh, he catches that ball on fourth down. Maybe that's a totally different ball game. You know, Baker doesn't fumble on the play. He gets hurt, and they finish off that drive. Now it's 23-21, and the stadium's going bonkers, and it, it really does. The reason you hear the coaches and players say these things over and over and over year after year is because they're true. 
two or three plays usually decide the outcome of any game. Now, this one got away from them, and you know, but two or three plays could have drastically altered the course of the game earlier so that the gulf on the scoreboard at the end may not have ended up being quite as big as it was. I don't know. I, I'm just looking for anything to not make this a complete panic, angry, venting. You know, I'm trying to find something There's positive nothing, Steve. to talk There's about very here little. today. Just There's a little bit. Little. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> the good thing is we don't have to sit through this for a week. They play Thursday. So yeah. I don't know. Well, Maybe is that a good can, thing? It know. can be and it cannot be. <laughs> You're right. It can be because it could change the script. It could, they could win that game and all of a sudden you start to feel better again or they could lose it and it's 10 times worse. So right. I do need to correct myself. I had not refreshed the NFL's media page. David Njoku didn't end up with a late catch for six yards. Apologies to you, David, and the rest of the tight ends. But you both did drop a ball. I got questions about Austin Hooper, man. I just don't, I don't get it much longer. I don't, I don't for next year. I just, uh, whatever. Um, that's a lot of money. And he's, uh, Walker has nine tackles. Uh, JOK has eight. Troy Hill has seven. Greedy Williams has five. John Johnson ends up with five. Uh, sack for Clowney and a sack for Miles, who respectively finish with four and three tackles. So, uh, Felton, no uh, Felton and Anthony Schwartz both did a nice job in the return game. And uh, the much embattled Jamie Gillen only punted twice, but went back to, you know, had a good day today. He averaged uh, 53 yards a kick. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, and I keep seeing, even though you, you hit on it hard earlier uh, in this, I keep seeing it in there that it was a, it was a, there were bad play calls and it was a badly called game. I'm sorry. I, I, I just don't see that. There's yeah. guys running open all the time. And that, if, if, I, I use this analogy quite frequently. You watch poker on television. If you go all in and you're a 93% favorite, those little things down in the corner of the screen and you lose, doesn't mean it was a bad play on your part. You made the exact right play. If guys are running naked all over the field, it's not a bad play call. It's poorly executed and somebody's not seeing it, not connecting, not throwing it to the right guy, something like that. I, I don't agree. I, I do not agree that it was a poorly called game. Same. I, I will say that last week... I made the point that uh, let me see if this point comes back to me. You were just talking about it. Dang it. Come back to me on that one. I thought I had a really good point to make and didn't kick it, return. It, it, it Jamie Gillen. Oh, so there was a tweet last week. I got annoyed about uh, it was just that, one. That's a it good was, week. Well, it was <laughs> got to be more specific with my words. There was a tweet that uh, of one of many that got annoying to me last week where the, there was someone from Pro Football Focus who said the Ravens are getting a preview of what it will be like because of the injuries for them to have Lamar on a giant deal. You lose talent when your quarterback ends up taking forty million of the salary cap, right? You know that's that's to me it felt very like results and not process because the Ravens had won at that point. The Ravens had won three games that I thought were just completely abnormal. Just like if the Ravens were one and four, you wouldn't make that tweet. But now for the Browns, you get the same thing, right, Steve? You get your quarterback has to carry what's likely to be somebody up from the practice squad, Dearness Johnson and Demetri Felton as your running backs. And then you're figuring out the rest and maybe you get a tackle back. Maybe you don't, but this is a preview of what it's like when you don't have the money to pay those people. So can your quarterback win those games, right? That's the question. Can he be the reason without the gigantic amounts of talent around him that he can be the reason they win games? Cause that's where you make your money. Because if you just win games where it's easy and you run for 200 yards, all of that, 
that's a replaceable player. But if you can go out and win football games and be the reason your team wins, such as this Thursday night game where they're missing all the talent, that's an opportunity, I guess. I don't know. Baker's in a sling. Somebody said in the comments when he's leaving the game. I'm not sure. Who knows? I don't know if he'll play. I don't even know if he'll play, Steve, but that's like what I'm getting at. This is a, an example of like, can't pay your running backs big money. Can't pay your tackles big money. You got young offensive tackles. Can You, you can maybe pay your wide receivers big money, but you, you can't pay them all when you pay your quarterback $35, $40 million. So this is, uh, this is, this is it. So we'll see. It could be Case Keenum Thursday. I mean, we, we don't know. Um, we don't know. Yeah, I just uh, whoever it is, I hope Nick is back because from the looks of it, Kareem won't be. No, uh, and no. as much as as much as I like uh, uh, Dearness Johnson in a uh, reserve role and did not want to trade him like everybody else did back in the preseason, uh, I don't know about counting on him for you know 25, 30 touches a game. Uh, so if Nick comes back, that will be if. Let me put it this way: If Nick and the, at least one, if not both, of the offensive tackles come back, I think they can get away with it on Thursday uh, because the Denver offense doesn't exactly light up the scoreboard. So they could be able to win one of those games like you're talking about, where it's just a schemed game, you know, and nothing spectacular happens. I don't know though. Uh, you know, at, at this rate, I, I don't know what's going on in that locker room. You're starting to get to the point where you hear about stories come out of the locker room about players only meetings that, that get loud and, you know, somebody calling somebody else out and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Not, I don't think this group is, is prone to that. I think mm -hmm. they are very tight knit. I think they are well organized for the most part. I think they believe in each other. They support each other, but they're grown men, man. And there's a ton of pressure and you can only take so much before somebody snaps. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I just know, like I've, I've said several times here, there is too much talent on this team for us to be sitting here at three and three and making these kinds of discussions the focal point of the season right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good point, man. I There are questions you guys have. Feel free to fire them off because right now there's like 160 of you listening to Steve and I like at a bar with beer just getting plastered just trying to come up with reasons for you guys <laughs> i don't know I, we've only watched the game once like you did i don't have great answers i i thought last week they did a nice job um protecting the quarterback with extra help i need to go back and watch this game to see if there was extra help i don't know there the coverage bus in this game steve were not as blatantly obvious as last week there were some that were obvious there were some that like you would they would flash it downfield and a guy would be open by 15 yards. So we'll have to just watch that. I couldn't really tell from the Mark Sanchez, not good. Not not a not good. Not good no. at that job. Not good. Keep him on the 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 C minus squad there, Fox. Um I don't I don't know, man. Do you guys have any questions? I mean, Joe Wood's thoughts is a good question. I don't know. I, he's He's clearly not getting it done through his guys communicating. You can blame who you want. I think Steve put it this way. I think there will be a time and place in which somebody will answer for this, right? If you're putting Ronnie Harrison out there, kind of like Baker on offense, and you're not able to do certain things that you want to do, then you might have to have some tough like some tough discussions. It's a little different replacing your strong safety than it is replacing your quarterback. Little little uh, more chain reaction across the NFL. Uh, but, but whatever Joe has been doing in the last two weeks, whatever way you want to go about discussing the last two weeks for the reasoning for those things, it ain't working. There's just, there's just some miscommunication happening. I thought the Cardinals would score points, Steve. 
I really oh, did. Oh, so did I. But I didn't think Cleveland would have this many issues on that side of the football. Like, I thought if you could keep the Cardinals to 24, 27 points, you could win. But again, you, you get 37 because your quarterback turned it over three times. So there's a little bit of that. What, what, uh, what's, uh, what's on the board here? I will, uh, I will uh, condense your question here. Uh, X iced out X. Um, S iced X out X. I'm just going to call you. I'm just, I'm just going to call you Boinka. Um, I, I'm going to condense it down here because I think what you're asking is what's the future for Wyatt Teller. He's one in that group of pending contracts that we've been talking about since the offseason. Him and Ronnie Harrison, Baker, Denzel, Najoku, all these guys, and we know they can't pay them all. We just, it's impossible. They can't pay them all. Um, with how last year he was off the charts, way better than anybody expected. This year, it's not like he's been bad. I, he's, I don't good, wanna, he's good. He's but good. he's been – he hasn't been what he was last year. Where do you fall at this moment on him possibly being one of the guys who gets left out of the contract carousel? I, I would year? pay him, Steve. I'd find a way to pay him, and then you can kind of uh, – eventually Joel Batonio's money will come off the table, and he can be your guard that you're paying pretty good money to. That's just kind of where I'm at, I, I think. But they could also say, we'll just – we'd just rather pay, you know, Michael Dunn or whatever, just play Michael Dunn and – move on there's a lot this is the thing that we talked about before the season steve it was a really exciting pre and again, again I, you guys are here you're hanging out you're awesome it's not the end of the world we're not trying to do that they're three and three the season right. can still be fine but there were like a, there was as with every team in the nfl a lot of optimism coming into the year and i had a podcast with jordan zerm where i said let's look at it from what could happen on the negative side and be a problem <laughs> right this was like the uh the, the, the zig to everybody's zag. And uh, I was like, okay, Denzel gets hurt, doesn't play a whole season, has issues, doesn't play as well. We're kind of in the thick of that. Baker regresses. He starts doing some of the things that we saw him having issues with early in the year. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of that. Wyatt Teller, maybe not as great as he was the year before. In the middle of that. So right now, they're 3-3. Three and three. They've beat three teams that they should have beat in my opinion, and they've lost three games, two of which I think they still could have won, but this one was like, maybe they're not as good as we think they are. Is that, I guess that's a good question for you, Steve, you know, you you're three and two and you're like, wow, this really weird chiefs loss at the beginning of the season. Well, mm -hmm. this really weird chargers loss. They should be five and oh, are we overreacting or did they get hit with the reality of, like, hey, they're not as good as we think they are? Or is it a reaction of like, hey, they're not as good as they think they are? Did they need this? I don't know. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, Kevo, uh, to answer your question, free. The, uh, that's always the answer. What type of bourbon pairs best with frustration and depression or anything really free bourbon? Uh, yeah. Barry will back me up on that. I'm sure that's the best bourbon for any situation. Um, well, I was I was going to say that too, Jake. I think when you were talking, uh, yeah, we do think they easily could have slash should have been five and oh, today was the first game I thought they clearly lost. I mean, you know, the, the, the other two losses, the Chiefs game, I think they should have won that game. The Chargers game, I said it in the in the moment. I said it all week long. I blame that one on health. Had even two of those guys on defense been healthy, they would have added up to once. If Jadevian Clowney had been there last week, they would have won that game last week. They would have been 5-0. and Now, are they a 5-0 and team heading in today? That's a different story. I don't know. Much like you said about the Ravens, they've won at least two, arguably three games. They absolutely 100% should not have won. Now, they go in the W column. Ultimately, that doesn't matter. But are they a 5-1 and one team? I, I don't know. That's the question we have to ask about. I, and as to the point about did they need this, did they get big heads? I mean, I'm not in there, obviously. I don't think so. I don't think had they been 5-0, and oh, and then gone out and laid this down today, then yes, I think maybe they would have believed, but they were three and two. Should have been five and zero. Oh, isn't five and zero. Oh. So they were three and two. They were down a bunch of guys. So if they had big heads going into today, if they, if, if in, and when I say they, I mean in that locker room, I'm not talking random fans that I, I, I saw them all week. Oh, they're going to win this game easy. I, I don't know why anybody thought that in any situation at full health, it wouldn't have been an easy win. But if in that locker room, they thought, they were too good and it was going to be a walk game or however you want to phrase it today. There's much bigger issues to address because they clearly had not earned that right in those first five games. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know if that actually answers your question, but you sent me off on a tangent and this is where it ends at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's week to week. I, I will be fair with all of you. I do. As I think all of us do, Steve, we tend to overreact to one game, right? Sure. Like, in the you moment. come out of this game when it, when it should have been 37-7 and you're like they're terrible. Let's play who's the first pick? Can we draft somebody? Who are we drafting? But they're 3 and 3. They play the Broncos who again I think got thumped today. Um I don't know, let winnable. me see here. Yeah, it's a winnable game. What was the score of the Broncos game? It's not in front of my face. They lost by 10 to Oakland. No, oh sorry, Las Vegas. Um, then they play the Steelers and the Bengals. So again, they could be sitting at six and three quickly. And then I think they visit the Patriots. It's never going to be easy, but what? Okay. Let's go this route, Steve. How do they get there? How do they win the next four games? That's, I think a good question to shift to. I'm not going to answer the scouting questions about quarterbacks yet. I'm not answering questions about Russell or Deshaun Watson. I'm not, I'm not there. I won't be there until the off season. So I, I love you guys for asking questions. I'm not trying to do that. And maybe you're just having conversations uh, amongst yourself. Cool. I, I, I just don't want to go there yet. I really don't. Uh, I, I want, I want to give Baker the full year and I don't know if he'll play Thursday. I don't know, Steve, I would imagine the top of the list of, of figuring it out and getting to six, seven and three. And then I think they play the lions right after that, Steve, they could get to eight and three. Yeah you got to get a quarterback healthy. And if Baker's not healthy enough, can you go out and win with Case Keenum? That's the question we got to ask right now. If he's not healthy enough, if he's wearing a sling out of the stadium, he landed on that. He did land on that shoulder. Very weird. It was nasty. Yeah, It was nasty. If he's hurt, sit. Can you win those games on the schedule coming up with 
Case Keenum because now you're missing Hunt. You're missing Hunt and you're missing I, – I don't know when you get Chubb back. I don't know. So can can they win these games? Can they win? Let's focus on the next three, next two, hell. Can they go and win this game against Denver with the, the status quo? Okay, even deeper here. Say they don't have Nick and Kareem and they play Case. Can they win that Denver game? The Denver game, yes. I think they can because Denver's offense is not particularly explosive. But the original question you asked at the top of that rant was how do they do it? How do they get to 6-3? and three? How do they win these next three games? And I'm going to say something that people are going to take the wrong way. It's very simple. That does not mean it's easy. There's a difference between simple and easy. Okay, you have to do two things. You have to get healthy. First of all, uh, uh, can they win the next three without Nick and both tackles or Baker? I, I, I mean, anything can happen in the NFL, but I would be very surprised if all four of those guys are out for all three games and they come out of it with three W's. Okay, um, but you have to you have to get healthy. And you have to get some improvement from your quarterback position. It's really that simple. Uh, even with the the, the uh, issues on defense that we're seeing, if those don't improve at all, if it's just the same spurts of great defensive play followed by big blown calls, if the offense can get back to doing what they were doing early, which, as you have pointed out, Baker hasn't been great all year, but they were still putting up you know somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty points a game uh, with a not great Baker. I think a healthy Case Keenum might be able to get them somewhere near that. So health and improvement and consistency from the quarterback position, just making the right read, throwing it to that open guy, finding that guy that's schemed open because somebody's wide running naked on third and five, find that guy and get him the ball and let him make plays in space. That's how they get to six and three from here. Now, again, like I said, that's very simplistic. It's very simple. It's not easy to do because a calf injury can linger, as we've seen. I hope to God they get Nick back, especially if Kareem is out on Thursday. I hope they get both tackles back because if both tackles and Nick are back, then I think they can limp through a few games with Case Keenum if that's how it turns out. If Baker's arm's in a sling and he has to be down for you know two, three, four games or something like that, that's why we paid Case Keenum. We've said this a million times to come in for a handful of games. He's not the guy to lead you to the promised land in January and February. But if Baker needs, you know, let's let's say he needs to have, I, you know, I don't know, minor surgery, and it's two, you know, three to four weeks. That's that's how it comes out. Whatever, you know, that's why you have a guy like Case Keenum. Yes, I think they can win three or four games with Case Keenum if that's the case. Um, so my answer is rather long winded, but really simple in the end. I mean, they just, you, and they're going to say it if they haven't already in the, in the press conferences and people are going to get pissed. Guys just have to make plays third down, fourth down, fourth quarter overtime. That's where your money's made. That's where champions are made. And right now the Browns are coming up short most of the time on those downs and in those areas. So the Browns only have, let me see here. I just saw Cody Sweck tweeted out. And we'll go to this question next, uh, Kevin and uh, Kevin Cycle Cleveland or Boinka. Um, yeah. Kevin Kevin Cycle 18. I'll help you out. That was an okay. easy one. If I can get it right, you can get it right. The Browns are negative three in turnover differential through week six. Defense has just four takeaways, Steve. So they're not even really turning the ball over that much. That's what they I'm just, saying. Seven they, turnovers they, and three of them were today. Yeah, they just can't create turnovers right now. And again, turnover luck is random. Like John right. Johnson interception today, Kyler Murray fumbled four times, fell on every single one of them perfectly. 
turnovers are random sometimes, but they're what make or break a season. Can you create turnovers? That's what you got to do as a defense. You got to create chaos. And uh, yeah, that uh, and there were a lot of drops. Flat, I think flat, flat dog, Florida dog is what I would have mentioned. That is Florida dog one. Uh, said uh, lots of drops today as well. Yeah, there were a lot of drops today. That didn't help. The two tight ends drop balls, and you know they're. I don't know that Pro Football Focus will even credit OBJ's as a drop because they they only do that for blatantly obvious drops. Like that was right. a pretty big, nice play by the DB. It was a good play, yeah. but it is a drop. But I mean, it is. You you have your hands on it. You're wrapped around it, and a, and a play was made. But you got to be the one to make the play and catch it. So right. Yeah. Anyway, question here, and then we'll get Fred Greetham's ready to join us in just a moment for a quick little bit. Fred, or that's not Fred. JJ the third, John Johnson, uh, Green Dog, good or bad? Last two weeks have been bad communication. I think it's fair to ask. <laughs> I, yep. I do. I had Cameron Justice ask that question uh, to the other day because she was there, and I said, "Hey, will you ask this question about John Johnson?" And the green dot, and I know John has had success with it. He obviously killed with the Rams defense doing it last year, so it's not like you can't do it. But, okay, when have we started to see communication breakdowns? Hmm, last two weeks. Was there a, was there a switch in how they communicate? Well, it appears there has been. So, shrug. Could be coincidence. Could be everything. Dun, dun, dun. Fred, joining us. Fred, I hate, I hate to start you with this, but you have now lost your first prediction. In, in the season <laughs> and i wanted your immediate reaction on now being five and one in in, in predictions well i was typing something while we're doing this but um yeah i don't know as far as all good things got to come to an end you know <laughs> <laughs> and you know if anything it's just i'm never right that often so i was trying to write it as long as i could so um five and one is better than the browns are doing right now but That's you true. know when you look at the stretch you'd rather lose this one it's the nfc team than these afc games you know starting you know denver and then the steelers i mean that stretch of afc north games are going to be huge i mean you got yeah. six of your final what 11 games in the division. So you have time to turn things around. He said, there's, you know, a lot of things today, just, uh, you know, you, you get off to a start as bad as they started. And then yet they throw that hail Mary. You're sitting there, you know, basically going into halftime, feeling pretty good. The defense did not get off the field in the first half. All five possessions were scores. They actually did better on short fields they gave up field goals when they gave up the long fields. But anyway, 23 points in the first half isn't going to cut it anyway, you, you know, even if you take the couple field goals off for the turnovers. But the offense, right after you finally get a stop, a three and out, you know, to start the second half, they force a punt for the first time in the game. And what, what do you have? Two sacks out of three plays. I mean, I, don't, I didn't study all the film. But those tackles or whoever, you know, they're just – you give up five sacks, and it just was not good at all. You know, James Hudson, I thought the first series of the game, the first offensive series, he has an illegal formation. How in, how in the heck can you be off the line and in, in not a right spot when you're an offensive lineman? That, that negated Austin Hooper's first down. What they do? They punted. And it was pretty much a domino effect from there. Little mistakes, 
you know, and then the defense chimed in with, they give up 58 yards and penalties. Say what you will, if they're good calls, bad calls, two pass interference and two personal fouls. 58 yards on that drive was penalties. And, uh, you know, and they dug themselves a hole. Not too many teams could come out of a 20 to nothing deficit. So, you know, I wasn't expecting this. I really expected them to bounce back. I expected it to be all about Kyler Murray. They held him to six yards, six yards. He fumbled four times and recovered every one of them. I mean, when you're not taking the ball away on defense, it's going to show up. I mean, ultimately, those three turnovers the Browns had were 13 points. So I just think it was a, all the way around. But I think the defense, again, you know, didn't improve much from last week's outing. 47 points is not going to cut it. And then 37 this week is not going to cut it. It's a good point, Fred. Those all, all really good points. Again, if you guys have more questions you would like answered, feel free to throw those questions up. Our good friend Andy Cleave said, as long as the Instagram story came strong this week, I'll be ready for Thursday. Yeah, I would imagine maybe players and their wives don't don't post up too much on Instagram and just don't worry about the game. That'd be great. Uh, have the coverage bus been happening all season, but now they're covered. Uh, they aren't covered by D-line pressure. Now, this is a good question uh, because in the Minnesota game, Steve, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure – did you see my breakdown of that game? There was a play in the second half, early second half, third I quarter. I read your stuff. Well, shut up. The, the, the third quarter where – there was a there was a bunch route and they sent KJ Osborne up the hash and nobody covered him. He was wide open mm. and Cousins' eyes were right and he didn't see him. And when he came back, then the pressure was in his face. So I'm a little hesitant to sit here and be like, "Well, they've been perfect uh, all year without any coverage." But that's not true. They've blown a couple coverages that were before this game, but this is the last two games. It has really burned them. It has really burned them. So. Yeah, they they're the defense as talented as it is. Maybe we do the same thing as we did last year, Steve, where they're replacing so many faces on the defense, and they are genuinely replacing a lot of faces. Then maybe it gets better as the year goes on. They figure it out, right? Like the offense got it rolling week seven on last year. We're about to hit week seven. Maybe they figure it out. The world is crashing down in front of us. I get it. It's three and three. They were just three and one. You feel like they should have won last week. You feel like this week they know showed. I'm guilty of this too. But if they play well at home on Thursday night and rally the troops, which this is back against the wall now. You made this point way back at the beginning, Steve. It is very much back against the wall Thursday. You got to win this game. You cannot lose a third down, sorry, a third, uh, sorry, a fourth game like this at home. To a, They're inferior. Denver is an inferior situation right now and and can they step up to the plate this will tell us a lot about the leadership if they don't win this game i think my my concern panic thing that i do all the time to justify where i'm at if they drop to three and four after denver i'll be at panic mode i will i'm concerned yeah right now i will be at at a full-on it's time to panic mode if they go to three and four do you feel the same like about thursday fred do you think they have to figure this thing out thursday night yeah, I mean, I they, they do. I thought they bounced back today. They've just found a way not to lose two in a row. Now that's out the window. Now they just got to make sure they don't allow it to be three and slide. And, uh, you know, 
they're probably going to be shorthanded again. You know, I doubt if the guys that didn't play today, I wouldn't think you'd play them Thursday unless they just say, Hey, we gotta, we gotta, you know, put them in there because I don't know what the, you know, I didn't catch anything or if there's any update on, on hunt, but as far as, you know, Baker said, he plans to play, he's sore as all get out, but they're going to have MRI and, and otherwise, but other than that, they, I, I think, yeah, I was expecting them today to outscore the Cardinals and you put up 14 points, you know, you took points off the board, too many turnovers and the defense isn't doing, even with less talented players last year, they took the ball away. They're just not taking the ball away this year. Yeah, uh, we did hear uh, Kevin apparently said that Hunt was a calf injury. I wanted to ask you, Fred, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it with JOK, but you were just in there and you heard uh, what he had to say. I'm not sure what all you heard or didn't hear or, or how long, who you talked to and all that kind of stuff, but I know you talked to more people than us. I'm going to specifically ask about JOK. Uh, he went out late. Uh, did, did was there any update on him? And what other things did you pick up in the post game that you wanted to pass along to our to our viewers? To be honest, I didn't get down there. I was trying to finish so I could come on here with you guys. So ah. I didn't go to the locker room. But they're just coming back from the locker room now. I would have never been able to get on here. So I just I heard bits and pieces over. You know they were broadcasting it, but. I just heard Baker talking. I didn't hear anything on Stefanski. So any of my colleagues, you know, we'll see the transcripts. But, yeah, I don't okay. have any information. You know, I just – the press box announcement just said that Hunt had a calf injury and was out for the game. And, uh, you know, and usually Stefanski just says several of these guys are going to get MRIs. I didn't know JOK was even hurt, you know, to be honest with you. It could, it could have just been a ding. Uh, he went out late in the game, and then the game was wildly out of hand. They may have just said, you know what, just stay out, you know, at this point, whatever. It could have been just, you know, a stinger or so, I don't know. It could have been anything. I have no idea. But I, I saw him go out, and some people have asked, so I just wanted to throw that your way. Uh, what was the mood? I hate this question, but I'm going to head and ask, ask it. You were there in the stadium. I think I can guess the answer. But what was the mood – in the stadium from the fans and did it start uh, well I, how early did it start when did it turn i know they were fired up as all hell at, at the opening kick when did it turn yeah i think a lot of them when the strip sack but there was a very silence when baker laid there not moving for quite a while but they left in exodus after the fourth down uh failed fourth down there when you know you're two touchdowns down, you go for it. Mm -hmm. You have to get a score. And it just kind of, it, it was reminiscent of the old games when um, people were leaving by halftime. And it wasn't, they didn't leave that early today, but they're very disappointed, obviously, you know, <laughs> and I just think you can just see a big thud go out, especially when Hunt went down and, and, uh, was carted off and and so it just it just didn't look good at all you know and you can't blame them you know as far as you know they want the fans to really get into it but when you're have disappointing you know big plays you probably talked about this but the biggest thing is it seemed like the cardinals you know if it was you know they'd snap it over murray and he'd have a 14 yard loss or a big sack and he'd have third and 18 or third and 20 and they'd convert for a first down or a touchdown, 
especially in the first half. You know, it just seemed like the third and ten or longer was right where they wanted to be. Receivers running wide open, and you know, I guess I I just just I think the fans just sense, you know, they were expecting so much more out of this defense. You know, to just see guys, you know, running free as they are the receivers. You thought you're sure your corners are a little dinged up, but they're running wide open almost all the time, it seems like. I wanted to show this coverage bus, Steve. Watch up the left hash. This is the one I was talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Yep. So they have been missing coverages. Uh, this is not an isolated last two weeks thing. You can see both two guys chase the crosser, and Osborne's wide open up the hash. I just wanted to share that from earlier, guys. So question uh, here from the yeah, chat, Cleveland Rocks 4147. Is OBJ's focus just not there? He missed another critical catch. We touched on it, but that was before you came on, Fred. So we'll go over it again, and then we'll get your take here. I I, I don't think so. I don't think the focus, he's, I mean, we've gone over it and over it and over it. He's open all day. He's been open all year since he came back. He's open a lot. They're just not getting him the ball. Last week was a terrible, terrible, terrible drop. This week, I thought it was just a tremendous play by the defense. However, as I said, and Jake has said a couple of times, if you want to make $18 million a year as a receiver, you got to hang on to it anyway, even through all that contact. It was a tremendous play. If you go back and watch it, he got his hand right in there and, and, and punched it out. So I don't think the focus isn't there. I don't, I, I'm still hopeful that they can figure it out because it looked like they figured it out to a certain extent today. He found him a few times. He was running open uh, a couple of times, got him the ball. It just seems like a matter of time till they pop one. I don't think it's focused, but if there is an issue, I think it falls more on the six side than the 13 side. I know, Jake, where you stand on this. Fred, uh, we touched on this before you came in. I wanted to give you a chance to chime in. Your thoughts on OBJ today, the whole situation, the whole, the whole, the whole deal with six and 13. I thought it was his best game, to be honest with you. You know, like Mayfield, I think he dislocated his shoulder, and that could have, you know, with that drop on that on that big play that he made, 17-yard slant, he got up holding his shoulder. Now, he mm -hmm. said it's dislocated or popped in, popped out on him since college, and I think it did because I saw him, and he didn't come back in until, you know, they said he was questionable return. He sat out, went in the tent, went in the locker room, came out on the sideline to start the third quarter. Didn't didn't play the first series, but right after that holding penalty that made it like first and 20, he came out, had a 24-yard catch, got it going again. Um, I'm, I thought the drop was earlier, something after he hurt his shoulder. But, but I mean, if you're out there, you can't have an excuse. But I know from – I don't know how these guys are even back out there. You know, I, when it com comes back in, it's still extremely painful because it's stretched everything all out again. And, but I know I thought, I thought they were, you know, I think he had eight targets and he had, you know, five catches, 79 yards and three or four bigger plays. I think that um, the one, yeah, was, was, was crucial. But as far as, I don't know. I didn't have, I don't think that was the problem at all today. Um, it was good to see people's Jones. I don't know how you, I mean, where was that Hail Mary last week? You know, it's like <laughs> nobody even went for the ball last week. It just fell untouched. I don't think I'd ever seen a Hail Mary untouched, you know, this right. week. It didn't look like they were covering him. They just let him catch it. It was like, yeah. wow. But no, I, 
I don't, I don't think other than that one play, I didn't get to really see a replay or whatever, but it looked like the defender was pretty all over him. And if anything, I think could have been an interference. Yeah, only 25 minutes of possession, too. Uh, that's not related to the o Odell talk, but I just noticed it, and I wanted to bring that up. That's way under what this team has been um, averaging this year. I mean, they've even when they've come up short on fourth downs in the red zone, it's been at the end of a 9-10-11 play drive, and they've been giving their defense a lot of rest. Not today. Today, like we said at the very top, in the first 90 seconds of this broadcast after the game, we're going to break it all down, and we have, but frankly, it was just an ass-kicking. Top to top to bottom, left to right. There's no other way that they were clearly the second best team. They they could have been the third best team on the field today, as poorly as they played. To be perfectly honest, no no Jim, running game. You know, nothing. obviously no Nick Chubb, but this was like the 29th rushing defense, and they looked like a stone wall up there. I mean, three yards of carry was terrible. So when that doesn't happen, when this scheme, it sets up everything for you know. It sets up five sacks. It sets up everything. So, you know, it's got to be on on the line, you know, not creating the holes. That's what it appeared to me, that they just weren't getting the push, you know, and getting things going from the beginning. He opens in a three empty sets on the first three plays, and it almost like, are you getting cute and trying to outsmart them, thinking they're going to run, and now we're going to pass instead of run or what? But, yeah, it just never got going. Yeah, I did think also, and Jake, I texted you about this, and it's an ongoing thing since last year, just because Kareem's skill set is different than Nick's. There were a couple of plays, not as many as there were last year when Nick was out, but there were a couple of plays today where the backside, the cutback was open, and that's just not Nick's game. Now, would it have made a difference in the final score? Uh, it's highly unlikely the way they played, but it was something that I noticed a couple of times early on. He just, that's just not his game. His game is forward. You know, uh, Nick has that backside vision that's elite, which is what makes Nick, Nick, and nobody else is. Um, and and that's not to say anything against Kareem Hunt, but it was just a yet another thing today. Anything that could have gone wrong today went wrong. It was just, it just snowballed on itself from, from the jump. And, uh, you know, when you, when you throw injuries and turnovers, and poor quarterback play and defensive breakdowns and some questionable calls all into the mix, 37-14 is the result. Yes, it was. Yeah, the thing of looking at social is that clearly Denver's in disarray too. So Thursday night should be a really, really winnable uh, winnable game. But I'm sure Denver's looking at it thinking the same thing. So we'll see what happens. All I'm going to say is if Baker is hurt, the shoulder feels like shit, then sit out. Sit out for a while, man. Like, let it heal. Let it get better. If you think you can just keep playing the way you're playing with hesitancy and all that because of your shoulder, you're not helping anything. So sit out for a while, okay? No one's going to blame you. We've all seen the shoulder injuries. They're pretty gnarly, what you've done. We are not missing it. We see it. So sit out. But if he doesn't want to, then this is going to keep piling up. Maybe maybe he fixes it. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. How do you guys – we'll kind of get to the point of close here. Uh, I think we've kind of run through everything we could conceivably talk about through a first watch. Uh, just want to sort of close with where you guys are at going into the Denver game. Do you feel good about it? Um, you know, just curious as we wrap up. I don't know. 
can conclude whatever your thoughts are. Fred, feel free. Well, I think, you know, it's almost good that it's a short week. You know, they'll be forgot by tomorrow because they only have Monday and Tuesday and then the game Thursday. So it will be it will be a quick turnaround. The good thing about the NFL, you don't have long to think about it, but you got to definitely get back on the horse and and you can't let this linger because you can let you can let your season get away from you with another loss right away here. So as long as you <laughs> right the ship here, you still have a couple games at home with Broncos and the Steelers. You could get right back up to five and three and and you'd be in good shape. Yeah, the injuries yeah. don't miss us, guys. They got to be healthy. I'm with you. If you if we, that's probably something Steve we're not talking enough about. If they're if they're beat to hell, then we need to change our expectations here, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing we said at the end of last year about the defense. Well, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Well, they didn't have the guys with the skill sets to do that because at the end of last year, they were down to, you know, they, they were two phone calls away from the three of us playing safety for them last year. Now, they're not in that situation this year, but it is a lot, you know, especially on the they had plenty of depth. I saw somebody say, this is why you got to go get depth. And somebody was trying to say they didn't do enough. They had Chris Hubbard. They had, I mean, three, your top three tackles are out. You know, that's going to make it tough on any team. You know, any team in the NFL, not your number one, not your number two, your top three tackles are down. Last week, the top three corners were down. You know, I mean, these things matter. You have to adjust your expectations, you know. Uh, so, but to answer your original question, do I feel good about Thursday? No, we're going to have to wait and see that Wednesday injury report before I feel good or bad about anything. Even with a poor injury report, I think they can win this game because, you know, as you said, Denver is not, you know, uh, imposing or anything. It is a winnable game. So if they can somehow limp through and win that game and then get healthy for the Pittsburgh game, getting the tackles healthy for that Pittsburgh rush is absolutely critical, beyond critical. If they're missing both tackles against that Pittsburgh uh, defensive line and TJ Watt and company, I, I wouldn't, I, if I was Baker, I would definitely sit out that game. It's going to be a nightmare if that happens. So uh, do I feel good? No, but here's the point. And I try to say this every week, the post game show this after a loss like this, this is the time vent, be angry, be angry in the moment, get it out, get it out of your system by tomorrow, by Monday, we need to take off our fan hat and put our analyst hats back on and start figuring out how they can fix it, what went wrong, why, and let's move forward. Right now, though, get the anger out. This is the time to do it. Starting Monday on social media, that's when I start to get annoyed when people start uh, continue to focus on that kind of stuff. So do I feel good? No. But am I full-blown panic yet? No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. We're, we're inching that in that direction. It's definitely closer than it was eight days ago, but uh, I'm not there quite yet. Cause like you said in what, uh, 13 days, however long it is, they could be uh, six and, or five and three. And then we're all thinking, okay, okay. It was a speed bump and they, they figured it out now. Uh, who knows? We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. They got to be healthy. They got to be healthier, but you also have a lot of teams that got to be healthier. You know, like there's so many teams that need health too. Like, you can crutch that or you can overcome it. And I think that's the thing the Browns have to figure out. How do they overcome it? Because nobody's going to look back at this season if they go 7-10 and 10 and say, ah, the injuries, it's okay. We'll get them next year. They're going to be upset. you gotta, yep. you got to find a way to overcome it. Now, if you lose a – you know, if Baker's hurt for the rest of the year or something, I get it. 
I, you know, there's only so much you can do, but, but right now you got to find a way to overcome, man. There are teams around the league who are doing similar things, who are overcoming these injuries. So find a way. That's all I got. <coughs> Short week. You got to get rid of it tonight. You got to come in tomorrow and you got to start prepping for day. It's going to be here before you know it. It'll be every, every single week, guys, Thursday night football's on. And I'm like, damn, already it's already Thursday night football. So um, and let me, let me, let me throw this to Fred here uh, because uh, you, you've seen this and you're in the building every day. I want to caution our listeners because it's a short week and because they were already banged up before today when they got more banged up. Do not freak out if if critical people are limited or don't practice Monday, Tuesday and perhaps even Wednesday. OK, it's a short week. And as we've been hammering on, health is absolutely critical. So. Uh, Fred, am I off on that? Don't freak out if there's a long laundry list of limited and DNP on Tuesday. Yeah, that's true. Um, see, this is a different week. Um, Wednesday will be like Saturday. There'll right. be nothing. Yeah. It's just tomorrow and Tuesday. That's it. They're practicing or tomorrow is just we're only out there Tuesday this week. We just got the schedule. Monday is the coach and players on Zoom. And Tuesdays are regular is kind of like a Wednesday, so yeah, they might just rest everybody on Tuesday. You know, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do as far as they just do walkthroughs on Wednesday, so it's going to be a rest week probably. A lot of rest, a lot of walkthroughs. They cannot go out and hit. It, there won't be real practices. It's going to be all walkthroughs, all mental stuff. And maybe this is what they need, Steve. Maybe they need to just spend time walking through things and mentally getting right because right now both sides of the football are missing opportunities to make plays. They're not making winning plays. That's nope. what it boils down to. You and know, you make enough winning buy. plays. Yeah. You, you make these winning plays and they add up, you make losing plays, they add up. And right now they're making losing plays uh, when they don't, you know, the worst times. So that's all guys, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to call it a night. Fred's been at the stadium forever. He's tired. Steve and I have broken as much down of this thing as we possibly and conceivably can after a tough loss. I'll have a podcast. I might even miss make this the podcast for me tomorrow. Cause I'm tired. It's eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I just need to go to bed at this point. Long day in front of me tomorrow. Thanks guys for listening. Thanks for checking in. We'll be back with Monday rewind tomorrow. Tuesday we'll break down Baker and we'll break down the two other phases of the game defense and O-line. Uh, Fred will be back on Wednesday with OBR weekly with Barry we'll kind of preview the game at that point as well kind of be a hybrid deal there and then thursday the game will be here before we know it and we'll be back for a pregame show so thanks for checking us out tonight uh we'll bring you more insight into what happened over the coming days appreciate you guys very very much your support to the obr have a great night go browns